Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. A warm welcome to you all today. Thank you for joining me as we spend a few moments today reflecting on God's Word. I'm Pastor Steve Sweats, and thankful that we could be together today. The last two weeks, we've been looking at John chapter 11, this great miracle of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And today we continue, and we look at verses 28 through 37. And especially we see the love, the emotion of our Savior. So I'm beginning reading in John 11:28. When she had said this, this is Martha, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? We'll end our reading there at verse 37. Dear friends, grief can be very difficult. It is a universal human emotion. It impacts all people in all places from all religions. The fact of the matter is is that God has made us to be relational beings. We are born into families. When these relationships are long and deep and then broken by a death, there's a hole that's left behind. And so what we learned from our Savior today from John chapter 11 is that he shows us compassion as Jesus mourns with those who mourn. First, we see our Lord Jesus Christ give a a loving, a gracious invitation to Mary. So after Jesus arrived in Bethany, he talked to Martha. And after he spoke these glorious words to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Now in verse 28, Martha goes back home to find Mary. And Martha whispers to Mary, her sister, that the teacher is here. She doesn't have to specify Mary would have known exactly who that was. So in response, Mary rose quickly and went to him. And we don't actually see the words of the invitation. We have to kind of read between the lines a bit here. Jesus told Martha that he wanted to speak with Mary. He knew that she would also need to be ministered to. So notice a couple of subtle but important things about Martha. The first thing is she went to bring Mary to Jesus. We see the same thing happen when Jesus is calling his disciples. In John 1, 40 and 41, we see Andrew believe in Jesus and follow him. And the first thing he does is he finds his brother Simon Peter and tells him that he has found the Messiah. Later in John 1, 45, we see Philip find Nathanael and say to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote. But this is the natural response when you know Jesus. You will want to tell others about him. Martha needed to be ministered too, but so did Mary, so she brought the invitation to her. In fact, the more 
and better you know Jesus, the more you will want to share him with others. Because when you recognize the tremendous grace and mercy that has been shown to you, you'll desire the same reality for others. There's a second thing to notice in Martha about sharing Jesus. She goes to Mary privately, that is personally. There's a place in life that a minister can preach on a street corner and someone could be converted to Christ. That happens. But by building a relationship, by first establishing a friendship, the conversation you have about Jesus with that person then is not a theoretical one, but a personal one, one that's backed by a personal love, a personal profession of faith regarding what Christ has done in your life and what he graciously continues to do. So we see this gracious invitation. And Mary's response was that she rose quickly. He's still on the outskirts of the village. And if he wanted a private conversation with Mary, that was not going to happen. Because as she rose and left quickly, mourners went with her, thinking she was going to the tomb to continue her weeping and mourning. Mary comes to Jesus and falls at his feet. She's the place you want to be in any situation, at the feet of the Lord Jesus. When you need to learn, you go to the feet of the teacher. When you need comfort, you go to the feet of the healer. When you need forgiveness, you go to the feet of the Savior. When you need guidance, you go to the feet of the way, the truth, and the life. Is this the place that you go in life? People turn to all kinds of things in life. Some seek to numb pain and burden through drinking and drugs. Some try to forget about a failing marriage by turning to pornography, or some turn to work or money to find joy in life. Dear friends, there's only one place to go. It is at the feet of Jesus that we will learn how to live in this world. For Jesus keeps us grounded. Jesus gives us purpose. Jesus gives us hope. Go to the feet of Jesus. In the verses that follow, we see a sympathetic Savior. And there have been some who have tried to explain away the true meaning of the text by trying to protect the God-man Jesus from being too vulnerable or something. But that's nonsense. Jesus was vulnerable. He entered into grief with these dear friends of his. Jesus was indeed both truly God and truly man. And we can see here his humanity. In verse 33, it says of our Lord Jesus Christ, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. The way that we should understand this is not that Jesus was angry with these people. If he's angry, it's because of sin, the very thing that is causing this meeting of death. This enemy death would be defeated in time. And Jesus is going to picture that in a moment. But this is what greatly troubled Jesus. He knew Lazarus was dead. He saw Mary and Martha weeping and disheveled. Mourners were not permitted to wash themselves, and they were supposed to be barefoot. And so these dirty, stinky, disheveled mourners weep, and Jesus was deeply moved in his spirit. So Jesus says here, Where have you laid him? And here the climax rises. Before now, Jesus is going to confront the tomb, the ancient enemy, Sheol, death itself. And the text says in verse 35 simply that Jesus wept. 
The point is clear. In the simple and shortest verses of the New Testament, Jesus wept. To weep here means to have tears roll down one's cheeks. It's not the term for wailing or crying loudly. Rather, it's a sorrowful weeping. And I believe we can learn some very important truths about our Savior from these two words. Jesus wept. First, we learn that Jesus is truly man. Here we see his humanity and his emotions. He wept as we weep. He became like us so that we could become like him. What a Savior! Do not give up the divinity of Christ. Without it, we have no salvation. But don't give up his humanity, for in this, we see that he did not avoid our sorrow, but shared it with us. Second, we notice that our Savior, as Isaiah says, was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. This is clear in verse 33. His whole life was connected with suffering. But at particular times, we see an overwhelming sorrow And this is the clearest example. The author of Hebrews knew this. He uses the suffering of Christ as our identification as believers, that we will walk in the steps of Jesus. I mean, Jesus could have concluded, he could have denied the sorrow, saying ultimately he's going to win the victory. Crying is unnecessary. Jesus could have concluded that in mere minutes, he would raise Lazarus from the dead anyways. So why cry now? And the answer is because he entered our vulnerability. It brings us to the third point about Jesus. He was not afraid to be identified with others. He was not far off. He came near. His identity with us and them becomes an example for us. In the opening pages of the New Testament, we see this babe born of a woman in Bethlehem, identified with us. And Jesus throughout his ministry identified with those he was ministering to. Just like the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, he identified with her. First Peter speaks of us walking in Christ's steps, using his example. And so let us think about this when we see sin in the world around us. The church is often pretty good at denouncing sin. But how good is it at meeting the sinner? We can hold signs promoting life and stand against abortion, and we should. But let us not fear to walk with the woman in the unexpected pregnancy and love her. Don't fear ministering to the woman who had an abortion or to the father whose girlfriend or wife had an abortion. The church should stand up for a a biblical definition of sexuality and marriage. But are we willing to walk with a homosexual as they struggle with their same-sex attraction? Jesus identified with sinners and he received much criticism for it. But that's okay. We answer to God, not to man. Are you willing to sit with, listen to, and reach out to sinners in need of our Savior. And fourth, Jesus' tears show Jesus' love. This is what those who saw him weep concluded. In verse 36, So the Jews said, See how he loved him. There's this beautiful phrase in Psalm 56, verse 8, where God collects our tears in his bottle. God loves his children and is near to them. Mary and Martha knew that Jesus loved them. Now Jesus' tears showed to the other mourners that he loved them. Indeed, this is the sympathetic Savior. In these two simple words, Jesus wept. We learn of his love, identifying with those he came to save. And in doing so, we see his love, a very love which compelled him to go to the cross, to die in the place of sinners, 
Dear friend, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Your sins will be washed clean and you'll be made forever righteous before God. Eternal life will be yours. This is based upon the tremendous work, the tremendous love, the tremendous care of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus ministered to these dear friends of his, Mary and Martha, and may he minister to each one of us as well. And God bless that to us. Thank you for joining me today.